Well, hello there. Welcome, my friends. This is Story U Talk Radio. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and I am delighted that you are here to spend this hour with me. We talk all about the stories you are writing and the stories you live by. I am a longtime writing teacher. I help people with their memoirs and their blogs and their brands. I try to help people understand that what you have lived has helped you evolve further and further into your truth. And the more you can get comfortable with that, the more you're going to find your own self-expression into the world. I love having people come on and join me for guest time where we might talk about your health or your wealth or your love life, fun topics like that. But I also use this hour to educate you on how to be deeper in your own personal voice and really be who you are called to be in the world. Today, I will be bringing on my personal trainer who is really helping me transform my thinking about aging, about living my best life, about having bone density. I mean, my goodness, these words that I never thought of before, let alone how to nourish my body and live what I think is going to be my best years. So that is a local personal trainer. I'm going to bring him on real soon. I do want to let you know that we have some community offers coming up as we are closing down this year. If you're listening to the live show, we are just about to head into Merry Christmas, Santa Claus time, and then the new year, and then bam, 2024. And what are your goals for 2024? If you're a beginning writer or if you're more of an advanced writer, I have communities that might speak to you. For the beginner, I have my superstars. We meet the second and the fourth Friday of every month. My superstars are really coming to understand how to work with their brand and their blogging and their articles. They're newer at it. They really want to get familiar with putting their voice out into the public world. But then I also have this other group. They're my heroines. They're all female. They're a little more advanced. And they have committed to writing perhaps a book or perhaps a personal piece of writing because it is something that they feel will really transform their life exactly in the direction that they want to go. If either of these speak to you, I would love for you to get in contact with me. Maybe we could take about 30 minutes, get together on Zoom, see what you're up to, see what might be a good fit for you, and if you're ready, I could also offer you some private one-on-one coaching. My website is coachdebbie.com. That's D-E-B-B-Y, Coach Debbie, 
www.thepeacefulpodcast.com. You can click on connect and send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Today, we're going to get you ready for going into the new year, as well as finishing up this year, feeling like you're really in touch with your strength. Today, I am bringing to you Ryan Bond from Bond Strength. He also is in the Seattle, Washington area. He is a nutrition coach, a personal fitness coach. He helps his clients online and in person. For many years, he has and still continues to work with middle school-aged kids in the public school system. They are so darn lucky to have him as a coach. I am so darn lucky to have him as a coach because he's really helping me think in a new way, a transformative way about how I might take care of myself. And I know you're going to get a lot out of today's show. So welcome, Ryan. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, Coach Debbie. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I am so glad that you were able to come down and talk to us today. Something that you have really helped me with is a theme that it matters to me in my own brand, and that is self-awareness. But of course, in fitness, it sort of covers different ideas, certainly our vision, but I think our goals and maybe our time management's a little bit different. When you think of yourself as not only an athlete, but just also someone that helps people train, what do you like to share with them about becoming self-aware? I think some things that people can think about is how is their time being spent? Are there things that are unnecessary or not really adding as much to your life as you've hoped? And then are there things you're spending your time doing that are non-negotiables, whether that's family, friends, or work career? And so being self-aware about what's taking up your time, how many hours a day are you on your phone, on the TV, in the car, at work, with family, and that can start to drive some of the time that you have available. When we're talking about health and fitness and nutrition, you have to have time to do these things. And sometimes, as of where you are right now, you may not have the time. So how are you going to create that time, block out that time? So taking self-inventory about where your time is going and... um where where you can go with that. You know, before I started working with you, I just figured you just jump in with both feet and you just do something. I never considered how I wasn't aware of my time. I wasn't aware of my day. I, wa- I wasn't really aware of how much time I'm willing to give to fitness and how much time I was just sort of petering around, and so therefore it wasn't going to fitness. Something you've really helped me understand is that if it's on my calendar, it'll likely happen. 
Can you talk to us just a little bit about the the marriage of really getting in touch with your own calendar and getting fit? Like, why is it important? Why not just go for a run and see when it happens? Why not just play it by ear? Absolutely. I myself uh, have different obligations from day to day. A lot of people are really busy. And so blocking out time, looking at your week ahead of time and scheduling those workouts or scheduling when you're going to go to the grocery store or scheduling when you can cook food or prepare your nutrition, your food, it makes everything easier and way more actionable when, when you have things on the calendar. We have, when we start our jobs and when we get off in the evenings, you know, we, we mark off calendars when we're going to see friends on Friday or Saturdays maybe, but putting, you know, workouts on the calendar can be equally as effective so they don't get forgotten or neglected. Mm-hmm. I really love how intentional you are about it. I like to think that I'm self-aware and then, you know, I do something like I get together with Ryan and I start my my health coaching and my nutrition coaching and I'm like, "Oh, Debbie, you have so much to learn." But I'm learning it. I'm I'm really learning it. You know, one thing that wasn't clear to me was this idea of a vision, having some sort of vision for my health. Can you talk to us a little bit about why that might be important? Absolutely. Having a vision is important because it drives some of the actions you need to take. Everyone has different visions. And being authentic to yourself on what your vision is, and maybe not what you see online or TV or family or friends are talking about, and what what does health look like for you? For me, it means staying healthy and able for my family, my daughter, my wife. I have an active job where I'm on my feet being a PE teacher. Depending on how old you are, maybe it's playing with grandkids. Maybe it's, it's just still being able to do the hobbies you enjoy, whether that's playing golf or riding bikes or swimming. So your vision really is, is up to you and, and taking inventory about what's important to you is uh, definitely part of the process. Mm, Yeah, well said, well said. You know, something that I've always felt a little intimidated about is that my dad is really athletic, like really, 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 really athletic. You understand because you are too. And from the minute he gets up until the minute he goes to bed, fitness is how he leads his life. But we weren't taught that as so much a fun thing. It was more a you have to. So Saturday would roll around. I'm all excited about sleeping in. I don't have to go to school. And dad would be down there pulling the blinds, letting the sun in, and telling me we're going to get halfway up Mount Rainier and we're going to leave the house in 20 minutes. And I'd be like, oh, got to be kidding me. 
And he was never kidding me, you know, never kidding me. We were going and my little tiny brother was going too. And we were going to, we were going to scale up to 8,000 feet, no matter what. So in my mind, fitness was horrible. (laughs) It was just like not, it was for the crazy people like my dad. But I met you and I've met other people who really wrap their arms around fitness as this lifestyle, almost this way that has set you free and made you be even more aware. When when can you go back in your own story and say you realized fitness mattered to you? I have been very active from a very young age. You can ask my parents about that. Um, I would say I broke my arm pretty badly in the ninth grade where I had surgery, plates, screws, the whole nine. And I was pretty laid up. Doctor says, you know, be careful. Don't do anything. And I realized sitting on the couch was not for me Mm. and that the I didn't feel like myself when I was sitting around a lot and that moving was what brought me happiness and and relief, if you will, of like getting that energy out, getting that emotion out. And so I, people have different ways of expressing themselves. Some people it's art, music, singing, me expressing myself is through movement and different athletics, if you will. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you, would you say that it's, it's almost catching? Like when, when you started young, well, you broke your arm, you broke your arm. So you had time to sort of heal and think about things. Did you want to get involved in everything or did you right away have your favorites? I've tried a lot of different things throughout kind of my fitness journey. Um, I, I, I was into running. I've done a triathlon. I played soccer growing up. I mentioned I skateboarded, snowboard, wakeboard within more of the fitness stuff. Now I've done yoga, Pilates and bar and CrossFit and powerlifting and some bodybuilding training something fun about fitness and being active is you can always find something that you're a beginner at and learning is very fun. And I've always found so much joy and fulfillment from learning new things. And so again, being, being a white belt and learning things has always kind of kept me coming back in different, different ways. Yeah. I, I relate to that. I relate to that a lot. I, I don't know about you. You're, you've been a teacher a long time. I, I knew at a really young age I was going to go into teaching. And I, I think it's because at a really young age I started to feel like learning was just so cool. It, it was limitless, you know. And you figured out how to implore your body to extend your learning and your self-awareness in many ways. 
I I've had some some similar experiences as well where it just felt like, you know, I don't know how long I'll get to live. I don't know all the things I'll get to do in life, but I know I'll be learning. I know I'll be teaching. I know I'll be growing. Those seem to be the only ways to really continue being self-aware. And self-aware seems to be the path that I know to happiness. And I've certainly watched you manage your way on a, a similar path of the more aware you are the more fulfilled you seem to be. We have a lot more to share. Ryan Bond has dropped into the studio today. He is the owner of Bond Strength, nutrition coach, fitness coach, online and in person. We're going to take a quick break here, but we will be back. Stay tuned. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thank you so much for reserving this hour to spend with me. Hey, I wanted to let you know that right after the show, Eric makes these wonderful podcasts for us. They go out on all of your favorite platforms. If you haven't lately binged the podcast, I want to let you know about a few shows that we had in the recent past. One is we brought Diana Scalia to the airwaves. Her new book is Bump Claws. And this was all about a concept I didn't really know about before. The idea that you might bump into someone who has a significant impact on your life, and yet it might only be for the length of time of one little date or one little week or one little month, but there's a significant growth, a significant reason that that person came into your life. She had a really artistic and articulate way of talking about that. Check it out. That is Diana Scalia, S-C-A-L-I-A. Her new book is The Bump Clause, and it was a joy to work with her on that book. Also very recently was Becky Gibbler. She was back in the studio to talk about her second book she did in one year. Can you imagine? Two in one year. She is the author of Wherever the Road. That is going to be a book launch that we'll be doing February 1st, 2024. You are invited. Come to Third Place Books 
in the Lake Forest Park area. We would love to share that evening with you. Becky is a photographer, and she is now a grief counselor certified by David Kessler. She has authored her second book where she's really shared how a road trip helped her transform from thinking about where her life could take her to having a whole new lease on life. I would love for you to check out her book. It's in preview and pre-sale right now. We will be having links for you in our newsletter very, very soon. That's Becky Gibbler, Wherever the Road. And by the way, if you're not signed up for the newsletter, what in the world? I would love to have you on my list. Go to CoachDebbie.com and just click on newsletter. In fact, I might have just a little dangly note where you type in your name and your email. I don't spam you. I write to you probably twice a month and just let you know what's going on. I tell you about neat things like this, like that Ryan Bond from Bond Strength is going to be with me. He's here today, and we are talking about nutrition and and fitness and how he is helping Coach Debbie also have a new lease on life because you've probably heard me complain about that old, horrible, enduring shoulder injury that I had for two and a half months It was so bad I was willing to just like let them take my arm. It was so awful. And then right as I started to recover from the right arm, it moved to the left arm. Long and arduous. And I never thought I would get in great shape again because I'm so afraid in the middle of the night that I'm going to do something wrong and ruin my shoulder again. When I say in the middle of the night, I mean my bad dreams. I was really, really happy to connect with Ryan Bond because I trust him as being someone who's been training for more than half of his life, but also teaching thousands of others to be fit and nourished. So one thing that I wasn't really aware of when I started working with Ryan. And Ryan, you've helped me so much think about routines. Now, one area where I had no routine, and I'm still working on acquiring a routine, it's nighty-night time, bedtime, time for lights to go out. I don't like that. I like to stay up late. I like to, I like to watch things on YouTube. For hours, I like to learn. I like movies. I like writing in my journal. I like candles. I like all this stuff. And I seem to engage in it between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. Well, Ryan came along and suggested that I might think about a bedtime because it has restorative qualities. Now, for me, this was an enlightening topic. So I'd love to turn it over to Ryan so you can learn from a real champ on how bedtime will help you. You find yourself in a tough situation because <laughs> you're doing things that bring you joy, you, you love to do. It's quiet time, it's relaxing, 
But on one hand, it's, it's tough that you're sacrificing sleep. It is undeniable, the science is there, that sleep is so important. Whether it's for just feeling restful the next day, it can help with insulin sensitivity, meaning being a, a type 2 diabetic is being insulin insensitive. So if you will, getting good sleep can help fight kind of the onset of diabetes and things like that. Sleep helps with memory. Sleep helps with recovering, you know, just from our our hard long days. So though you might have things, you or anyone else have things that you enjoy in the late night, it's hard to say that those are, are worth swapping out for sleep. Yeah, but I thought they were, <laughs> and I was wrong. And I've never been a very good sleeper. I, I've been that person that wakes up at three with my very best ideas. And boy, if I pull out a pen and turn out a light and write them down, it, it could be another two hours easy before I'm sleepy again. And and then I only get another hour of rest. So it's been tricky retraining the brain. But what I believe in is what Ryan tells me, and that is there is immense restorative qualities in valuing sleep. And I think before I just didn't value it, you know? Absolutely. Another area was I didn't value the power of eating at home because it's fun to go out and eat. Again, the, the idea is fun. Let's have fun. Let's go out. And so I would say, oh, well, we'll just keep it to one little beer and one mini burger. But you helped me understand that when you go out to eat, you don't have any control on the ingredients going into your food. And I never really thought about that. You are someone who does your own meal prepping. Is that right? I do. Yes. I enjoy making all my own food. So I would say, you know, 95% of the food I, I eat on a weekly basis is, you know, cooked by myself and really from scratch. Mm-hmm. And you told me too, that we've kind of evolved as species that, you know, our, some of our early togetherness was hanging out and having food together. And that in our life, our technological life now, we do less and less of that. We do eating in front of screens. And I hadn't really thought of this term, but you had said sometimes when we are full of stress, we, not, we might not be digesting our food well. And I never thought that that could matter. Can you speak to us just a little bit on why you have dedicated yourself to meal prepping, controlling how much you eat out, you know, how it just fits into your own life now. My story kind of goes back to having some lactose intolerant issues growing up and some uh, diagnosed with IBS. So I've had a sensitive stomach since a really young age. And so eating out, packaged food. It didn't always really sit well with me and it just didn't make me feel very good. Mm -hmm. 
So that led me down a road of finding foods that did agree with me. And the foods that do agree with me, I, I tell my students this all the time, it's, it's a lot of perishable foods. If the foods you eat have a six-month to a year expiration date, <laughs> that's not necessarily a good sign in the sense that's probably a, a, a highly processed food. And where I, uh, I focus my nutrition and my client's nutrition is on more whole foods, whether that's fruits, vegetables, lean sources of protein, eggs, things of that sort that need to be kept in a refrigerator and then also need to be bought on a weekly basis. I remember, too, you had said that once I got into the habit of meal prepping, I wouldn't have to make as many decisions. Wow. That was just transformative as I got into it. That all I had to do was walk to the fridge and take out the next meal that was ready and designated for my eating. It It is so much easier to not have the stress of what will I eat? When will I eat? Should I go and get it? Can I work with what I have at home? Um, do you find that you're willing to put up with more routined meals so you can have less stress on decision-making around food and nutrition? Yeah. I've heard the term thrown around called decision fatigue. Oh. Just that you can only make a certain amount of, if you will, reasonable decisions each day. And that if you've made all your decisions at career or with family, or it's hard to make the decisions you want to make at the end of the day if you're tired, if you've been stressed or whatever. So having meals prepared. So I'm a teacher and teachers' lunches are 30 minutes. So bringing a lunch has been imperative for me. That all being said, uh, having my food prepared has allowed me to spend less time cooking uh, and, and more time doing things I want to do, to be quite frank. Um, so the meal prep has been huge for me and it makes it easy. And I know I'm putting good, thoughtful food in my body. Mm -hmm. And it's so important. I was reading um, James Clear. We were talking about the fact that we both follow him and his book. He's got this quote that I really like, and it, it focuses on this one word that I really didn't hear very much until I met you, and the word is optimal. He says, of all the ways you could be spending your precious time and attention, it's very unlikely that you're currently spending it in the optimal way, the only path I know for figuring out a better way to spend your time is to be with it and to plan it and to carve out time for yourself. And when I read that, I was like, optimal, optimal. Like, that's way up there, not like, you know, a good way of doing it or a pretty good way of doing optimal. And that's a word you use too. Now, anyone that has worked with you uh, knows that you are, you are holding very little body fat. 
and this didn't happen overnight. Just just give us some numbers, like when you go in to do uh, some deadlifts. Uh, you know, I do I do a 15-pound kettlebell deadlift. I, I'm guessing you're a little bit beyond that now? Just a tad. Just a tad? After a decade, I've, I've got just a farther past that. Um, so I've done some compat- competitive powerlifting mm-hmm. in the last eight years. And so my, my competition best deadlift is uh, a 573. Like 573 pounds? 573 whopping pounds. Holy macaron. Oh, man. All right. So let's bring that into optimal. How is it that reaching that level of competition has helped you develop not only some routines, but a more optimal life. Like right now, I'm happy at a 15-pound kettlebell. I, I don't mind the idea of going up, but you've gone far beyond that. How has that helped you be in an optimal routine or life? That's a that's a deep question. It was meant to be meaty, yeah. And I would say for me, the old adage, life is short. And I've chosen a lot of years ago that I didn't want to spend so much time. We're talking about cooking yeah. or deciding what to eat. And so in in the pursuit of strength, it's really been in the pursuit of bettering myself, the sport of powerlifting, very niche, but it's cool in the sense that it's very concrete on are you progressing? Are, are the numbers going up? And it's not about the next guy, what he's doing. It's about comparing yourself to yourself. And so my journey through strength and lifting weights has been I just want to improve myself. And when we talk about what is an optimal life, maybe we kind of switch it just a tad and just say, what's a fulfilling life? Yeah. And I want to, what fulfills me to a certain extent is personal growth. And I've been able to grow as an athlete, as a person who moves. And that's made made me, made me feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, one day you said to me, uh, I was, I was talking to you about my life having some, phrase in it and you know how am I going to deal with some of the fraying when I've committed to being healthy and you said we're you said something about we're only was it we're only as strong as our habits I did and I saw that somewhere and it it really stuck that your habits ultimately kind of show you what your future is going to be. Um, we're habitual people as humans. And just taking uh, a look at what you're doing consistently on a daily basis is going to kind of show you where you're going. And I know for me, my personal story is really refining what am I doing today and is that leading me to where I want to go in 10, 20, 30 years. 
And it's a process, but I can definitely say doing that and being honest with myself about where I'm at, I'm very thankful for where I'm at right now. And I'm grateful I did that 10 years ago and have built the routines and habits to get me to where I am. And now I'm a new dad. I have a six-month-old daughter. And so I'm having to reevaluate what my routines and habits are because no child, Ryan, time commitments, everything, it looks different now. And so I don't want to be that same version of Ryan. I need to be a new, different version of Ryan. And I have somewhat maybe different goals. And so it's been really fun to, to explore what that looks like. I love that. There's always the next up level in your view and, and the desire to see what it might be about. All right, my friends. I hope you're learning as much as I am. I know you are. We do have to take one more break here. We have time if you would like to send me a question. You can write to me directly. I'm at Debbie at CoachDebbie.com. And Debbie is D-E-B-B-Y. Before the show, Jill, I saw that you had a question. We're going to be getting to you right after this break. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just Sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about your health, well-being, and your nutrition. This has been something that has confused me and eluded me like at least half my life, if not more. I learn a little bit along the way, and then I cheat for a while, and I undo whatever progress I had. Then I get really going. I feel amazing, and then... Maybe I fall off the balance beam or something like that. I hurt myself. I'm out for a while. It occurred to me at the ripe old age of, holy moly, I think 51, that it was time to get in the best shape of my life. And I started it by swimming. And that really, really showed me, because I was getting into very good shape, that far more was possible than I ever imagined. Much later, I had an injury, and I sort of gave up for a while that I would get back into great shape. Started to think that, oh, you know, that those thoughts when COVID was going on were all so lonely. Just that thought that, you know, it's all over. It's always going to be weird, lonely times. And then one day I woke up and went, no, don't settle for this. Get back. Get back, Debbie. Come on. And one person came to mind, 
and that was Ryan Bond. We had had a conversation when I was at a party, and I sat next to him, and I noticed how fit he was, and I just started asking a few questions. One was just, how does a person get started? And one thing he said to me was, you know, Debbie, sometimes it's just about doing the next and easiest thing you can and sticking with it for a while. And I thought, oh, wow, I never do easy things. I do hard things. I do things that kill me. You know, I do things that I can brag about. The next easy thing. And then I'm looking at him. He's very fit. And I'm thinking, couldn't have been easy getting to where he's at. But I really heard it again, he said, and stick with it for a while. I said, how long have you been at it? And he said, half my life. And I'm like, oh, there we go. There we go for a little while. But we also started talking about this idea that it's not all about your genetics. You know, health and nutrition and fitness, we tend to, if we have a bad diagnosis, say, oh, well, you know, my grandmother had it 10 times worse than me. I I should anticipate this. But Ryan has told me that there's a lot more choice in our health. And it's really about looking at those long-term benefits and understanding you don't want to leave it to your genetics. You don't want to say, well, poor Debbie's going to be 58 in January. Whew, her time passed her by. You want to actually look at what your choices are. So beyond the fact that we can start easy and see if we can stick for it a while, what are some choices you include or suggest to your students when they're thinking, this is hard? You know, I don't really know what to do next. When looking at where to start, I think that kind of takes us a little bit back to what we first talked about of where are you right now? So if you're a person that, you know, maybe doesn't, not very active and currently doesn't exercise at all, to think you're going to start a a seven-day-a-week, 10-hours-a-week program (laughs) may just be a little bit too much to bite off. So if you're very, very new, maybe the first step is instead of grabbing a soda, it's grabbing a water. Mm. Maybe it's as little as instead of taking the escalator, it's taking the stairs. Maybe if you have a gym, gym membership, how often are you going? But maybe it's, it's, it's looking up a, a plan online or you know maybe doing some of your own research or maybe hiring a coach like myself. But starting or taking steps that aren't too much, but are definitely steps forward is probably the right answer. And then as you start getting momentum, you can start adding and refining what you're doing. And you'll probably get a little bit more clarity of what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy what you have time for, what you don't have time for, and just how everything fits. Because you can't fit, you know, a square into a circle. And so if the gym is an hour away or 45 minutes, probably not going to go. 
So things have to be a certain degree of easy so they can be repeated. Mm. So I would kind of give that as a, a first step. Repeated. I like that. Yeah. Because it's so easy to quit, especially if you don't have someone to hold you accountable. That kind of ties into this great question uh, Jill sent in. Jill, someone I helped with a book about three, four years ago. She listens to the podcast. And she says, I'm really happy that you are bringing on a health coach. Is this your first health coach? Regardless, you know that I am pre-diabetic and that I have gained some weight over the past few years. My problem really is that I hate the gym. I feel so intimidated by it. I never keep my membership, but I know that it is my responsibility to work with this diagnosis. Pre-diabetic is something that all of my sisters and I share, but I want to turn things around. I do eat a fairly healthy diet. However, I do like my wine and my cheesecake. Is it I do like my wine and my cheesecake. Is it possible for someone like me who doesn't move that much to find her way? Or am I doomed to have to to duke it out in the gym and fight my way through others? It doesn't feel good thinking about that. Could you pass this on to your health coach and see what he has to say? So I think basically she's saying, you know, the siblings, they all have this similar situation. They're pre-diabetic. And regardless of what her siblings like to do, she knows she doesn't like the gym. So does she have to go to the gym? I would say a hard no. Mm. Both of us work out from home. I've got Coach Debbie doing some things with some of the equipment that she has in her house. I'm a badass. You should see me. Anyway, go on. (laughs) I'm lucky enough to have a gym in my garage. The gym is a great place, but it's not for everybody. Something, uh, at least in the area that we live in, you've got commercial gyms, whether it's LA Fitness or 24-Hour Fitness. You've got group classes like Orange Theory or FS... I can't remember the name. I can't remember it either, but I know what you're talking about. CrossFit gyms. There's bar class or there's bar studios, there's Pilates studios. So you could join a traditional gym, but you don't have to. There are other options. And the other option, if you don't want to go anywhere, if you want to exercise out of your home, you know, there's a lot of equipment that you can get that would work. I think it's admirable that she wants to change her health and that she doesn't, uh, you know, just want to let this diagnosis kind of go untreated. So that's Mm -hmm. cool. It is cool. It is cool. Hey, Jill, I just want to say, if you're listening today, I am thrilled that you uh, wrote in with your question. Takes a lot of guts to say I'm willing to do things differently. I also want to share with you that when I first started to get to know Ryan, he would say these terms that I didn't know, like bone density. And I'm like, what's bone density? I don't know this word. Or he would talk about muscle mass. 
I don't know muscle mass. Does that mean how big my muscles are going to get? Are they supposed to get mass if? I didn't know what it meant. But he's helping me understand that by caring about my bone density and my muscle mass, I will probably have better results. So what do you say we give people just a little education? What, what do we need to know about our bone density or our muscle mass, especially as we're getting up in our years? Not you, but me. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things about fitness and exercise, maybe specifically strength training, is it has immediate benefits, you know, endorphins, you feel good, you look good, um, but it also has a lot of long-term benefits. And you touched on some of the long-term benefits of being able to maintain bone mass and muscle mass. Something that happens to everybody is that over time, as you age, your bones become thinner, and so they just are less resilient. So we've kind of all heard the story of grandma or grandpa falling and breaking a hip. When you're 10 years old, a fall would never break your hip. Oh. As you age, your bones just aren't what they were, and a, a fall that you would have laughed at decades before could unfortunately land you in the hospital, you know, in, in your later years. Ah. So having thick bones, strong bones, having bone mass is going to make it less likely to get a break or a fracture. With muscle mass, muscles just, as you age, become smaller and weaker. And so at a certain point, you may have known somebody that they just weren't able to get up off the couch mm -hmm. or off the toilet or mm -hmm. just doing some of those daily things that once were nothing you ever thought about but now become really tough. So with strength training specifically, strength training uh, tells the body to hold on to bone mass and muscle mass. So it will just decrease less as you age. Oh, wow. See, it's always an education hanging out with Ryan Bond. We, uh, we only have a few minutes left, Ryan, and I am sure there's going to be people that are thinking maybe 2024 is a time to get started. Maybe I need to check out this bond strength. Maybe I could also have a little gym in my garage or, or follow Debbie's lead and, and get in 10,000 steps. Y'all know I'm getting in 10,000 steps every day, rain or shine. All right, this is a big deal because Debbie doesn't like the rain and she doesn't have a gym membership yet. So 10,000 steps, but it's, it's good. Ryan's taught me this is great for my heart gets me going. Now, I didn't start with 10,000 steps, but I started with things that were simple. If somebody said, I'd like to get started with you, what are some things you would like them to consider about their life as they're getting started? We've touched on many of them. Mm -hmm. So I would say the step count is a really easy one to get us off the couch, out of our chairs. A lot of us work in a chair. Uh, so step count is one that is kind of arbitrary number. Maybe just do more than you're doing if you feel like you're a sedentary person. 
Something to think about is your hydration. Are you drinking enough water each day? Sometimes we can feel hungry, but really we're just thirsty. We mentioned the bedtime. When you're tired, you're just not your best self. You're not making the best decisions. Maybe your, your patient, patience is short. You're just not, not being the best. Um, and then beyond that, trying to get your heart rate up and like looking into some type of strength training, whether that's at the gym or at home or, you know, it can look very different depending on who it is. Okay. All right, you guys. Join me in getting fit, getting strong, being nourished, letting the inflammation go down. Join me. Take my lead. Follow along. This is uh, our interview with Ryan Bond from Bond Strength here in Seattle, Washington. If we were to find you on email, we would write to who? On email, it is bondstrength2023 at gmail.com. Bondstrength, one word, 2023 at gmail.com. You are on Instagram as bond.strength. Is that correct? correct? Yes. And you'll get to see him uh, doing all that pressing and everything with just a little more than Debbie's kettlebell range. It's very, very impressive. I implore you to consider where you might be one year from now. If just for one year you tried this out, I think you will really enjoy it. I am Coach Debbie with Story You Talk Radio. I come to you every Thursday with a brand new topic. Have lovely holidays, my friends. We'll see you soon. Namaste. Namaste.